I'm going to ask you this today if you would remain standing as I read the passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 through 12. But I'm going to pray and then have you remain standing, and it will be up on the board. If you want to get your Bibles as well, you can. Today, Lord, we are thankful for your wonderful grace and mercy. Even through the senseless tragedies that happen, we recognize you are still in control and you are still merciful. Because, God, it could have been a lot more people. And you and your wonderful greatness, you still show that you have all power. We pray that these individuals, one has already, Lord, been killed. But we pray that, God, you will bring to justice this other individual that seemed to have planned this thing out. Evil is ever before us. But, God, today we pray that people will recognize no matter what it looks like here, We have a God that we can turn to in the pain, in the suffering. Now we lift up the family members that have lost loved ones, those that are hurt, those that are grieving, those that will have post-traumatic stress. We pray for them. Give them, Lord, rest. Help them to be able to get through this time. We lift up your name and we pray for this country. We pray for this nation that God, when we consider people, when they turn a deaf ear to the Lord, God, the nation will be turned into hell that you said in the book of Psalms. A nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. And today we pray that eyes will be opened, hearts will be, Lord, awakened, souls will be changed for the kingdom of the Almighty God, and that there will be a turning to the Almighty King. We pray today that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give glory to your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As a title, if you would remain standing, please. I am not what I used to be. I am not, nor are you, what you used to be. If you are a Christian, you have changed. I am not what I used to be. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to pick up with verse 6 that we ended last time with through verse 12, and then I will have you take your seat. This is what it says. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. You may have your seat. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I am not what I used to be. Have you made any changes in your life? Are you different? You do not have to be defined by what you, by what you used to be. That does not have to define you. Your past does not limit what your possibilities are in the Lord and what he has in place for you for the future. God created a marvelous vessel when he made you. In today's society, your past sins and even mistakes are often sought out to gain some political advantage over you and to even ruin careers. It is God who tells us exactly in his word what we used to be. 
said that in verses 3 through 5 of Ephesians chapter 5. His word tells us what we used to be and we're no longer that way. And, 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 and we need to understand when you remember who you were prior to Christ, there is no need to run from what you used to be in trying to deny it. You don't have to try to deny your past. You just need to say, I'm not that anymore. I used to be that way, but there's been a change that has been wrought on the inside of me by God. Point number one, and I'm going to be dealing with one point. You are not partners for life with sin. You are not partners for life with sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of the world or the greedy and swindlers uh, swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. I'm going to read that again. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, those that are not these. Or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to get out of the world. You need to go. You would need to leave, depart. You need to die. Because if you didn't have any contact with people in the world that lived this way, then you wouldn't have a witness. But the church should no longer live this way. If you have been brought out of the world, this should not be the lifestyle that you still live in. Now, when Paul is bringing this up, even in the book of Ephesians, and we see this in Corinthians, he, he is dealing with an area and a problem that many in the church had dealt with. He said, this is who you used to be. We need to be careful not to only associate sinful deeds to the past, but we need to understand that we were once darkness. This is what he says in Ephesians. You were darkness. Oftentimes we associate deeds with the darkness. Don't judge me, we say, by what I do. Well, why not? Well, why can't I look at you and inspect your fruit? My dad would say, you should be a very good fruit inspector. <laughs> when you get fruit at the store, you don't just get the fruit and throw it in the bag. You look at it. Some of y'all even sample the fruit before taking it out. My wife is good for that. I ain't talking about biting no apples and putting it back. No, I don't want that one. Get some grapes and they'll just test it. Yeah, these are good. I'll take these. Go on making no meal out at the store. And then, no, I don't want any of the stuff I just partook of. But you need to inspect. And then when you get the fruit, you need to be very careful because why? I've learned you can bruise fruit. So you don't just get the fruit and just toss it into the bag. You, you lay it there carefully. You don't even want the person, the clerk, grabbing your fruit and throwing it to the side, tossing it back. Hey! Just bought that. Get it home and it's all changing colors on you. We must inspect fruit. Just like you inspect fruit at the store, your life is under a microscope. Has there been a change? Can people see a difference in your life? Darkness is a state of being 
It is not only your deeds. When Paul is talking about this verse here and had just mentioned in verses 3 through 5 the activities, remember he had been talking about the Gentiles, the life that they used to live. It says you should no longer associate, associate with them, nor be a part of that. He was speaking about the fact that you were once Gentiles, that you lived in sin. This was their character. So Paul, in this verse, 7 and 8, is not only dealing with the activity, but he's speaking about the individuals. Darkness. You were once darkness. Darkness and light often refer to that which is evil regarding darkness and that which is good regarding light or righteousness. When Paul is saying this, he is saying that you must not be lined up with the one who presents as darkness. You need to remember you have been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Darkness and light. That which is evil, that which is righteous. When you hear about God, you hear about the fact that he is often described as light. Now the enemy, Satan, often comes as an angel of light. Satan comes to try to trick you, to deceive you. Try to act as if he is something that he is not. Why why does he want to try to to act and and pretend like he's light? Why not just reveal himself as he is? Because he wants to ensnare you. We always have to be on guard because the moment that you think you are strong, you need to take note because that is often when you are most vulnerable. When you say, I got this. I was listening to the radio station some years ago, and a person was praying to the Lord as he was going through this snow. God, oh, help me, had his family and praying to the Lord that he would get him through this. And he got to a certain place to where he thought and felt like it was now safe. He says, okay, God, thank you. I got it now. And he crashed. Help him to remember that you need God all the time. (laughs) We often try to associate deeds themselves as wrong without realizing that the individual represents within their makeup darkness. Darkness. People say, don't judge me. Well, I'm trying to do the best I can. Don't just look at my deeds. Look at my heart. Well, I see darkness. We need to be light. You cannot often separate deeds from who you are. We try to sometimes separate our deeds and say, just just, just look at, don't, don't look at that, just look at my intent. Look at what I'm trying to do. We want brownie points always or oftentimes for effort. Now in school, they would sometimes give you a grade for effort. You put a good forward, you put forward a, a, a good effort, we're going to give you a grade. But that's not what you're only being, being graded on. Not just effort. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so amazed today how in the educational system they're trying to reduce the learning to the emotional state of individuals. How they feel. 
wants everyone to get on board with how they feel and to try to curtail everything to a feeling. The church can't live in that realm. We must live in the realm of truth. I don't care how much you try, one plus one is not three. It's not five. It's, oh, what do you think it is? Okay, then that's what is known. Everyone is not a winner in sports. There are winners and there are losers. You compete. Paul even says that in this race, race we, we compete for the prize. When a person goes into training for the Olympics, you all are winners. Well, why can't everybody then just participate? Why go through the training? Why go through the strenuous exercises? No, they are competing. And they have put their bodies through the workouts in order to be at the top. But somehow in society, people want feelings to rule and how we just think rather than the truth of what something is. We must not buy into lies, but we must be light in a dark world. Trying to say I'm a good person when living in a, in a constant state of sin is an oxymoron. It is an opposite. It is a contradiction. Understand this. You cannot live in a state of constant sin, with the, which is darkness, and try to say you are pleasing God. Paul wants people to recognize that you cannot separate yourself and your deeds as being independent of each other. Here are my deeds and here I am. Look at me favorably. Don't look at my deeds. I've got to look at the deeds. Why? What are you repenting of then? You repent of your deeds, of your actions, of the fact that you are a sinner. You come here born backwards, going in the opposite direction. Telling people, I want my way. Little baby just will yell and scream. I tell you, little babies got it good. They can just scream and pacify a bottle. They can get with the ain't said a word, but that scream, that, oh, that's a, that's a hungry cry. Oop, that's a cry that they just wept themselves. Oop, that's a, that's a cry that something is not right. Parents know the cries of their children. But you can't stay in that state. You gotta grow. You gotta, you gotta grow up. Many people in the church want to stay in a want to stay in a state where there's no growth. You you've got to become a person that becomes an encourager. Where you might say, you know what, I haven't seen a person in a while. Let me call them myself, rather than saying, "Have you called?" Wait, 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 wait. We are part of the body. You can call, and you represent the body of Christ. We work in this together. Why? Because we represent Christ. We are in him. <laughs> you are in the Lord because he is light. You are light. Now, don't get it wrong. You are light, not darkness. Now, get this. Why? Because you are in Christ who is light. There are many passages in the Bible that deals with light. Remember, you don't have light in and of yourself. It is the light of Christ that you actually have living in you. Now there is a clear distinction between light and darkness. Paul says you were once darkness, now you are 
light. As I mentioned, when I sometimes uh, come down early in the morning, it is sometimes dark. But before I sometimes get to the church when school is in, I, I see the light. The, the, the night begins to give way to the light. And, and then when you look over to the east, you can see uh, the, the glow of the sunrise beginning to come up. And then before you know it, you just see the peak of the sun beginning to break through. All sunrises are just beautiful. You look at God's glory, his mercy, his goodness, and you are just oftentimes in awe with the light. Well, think about this. You are in Christ. He's light. Light speaks of the good, the positive. But oh, when we're not doing right, we want our light, our, our, our life to be kind of put in the dark. Oh, oh, don't expose that because I'm not doing what I should be doing. Paul loves to remind us in his writings the way things once were, but that the change to the positive far exceeds anything from the past. Paul lets you know and is glad to let you know that, that what used to be is not who you are, and he likes to remind people to have them to reflect. You see, when you remember things, it helps propel you into the future and to keep going on. Do you not know that sometimes you can be down? As Mother was even saying this morning, this week has been hard, but there are times when something comes that stirs your spirit and gives you something that you didn't have before. There's been times when I just didn't, I I got to a place, didn't want to be there, and lo and behold, it was a blessing when I stayed this. Oh, it is good that I came because I got what I needed. There are sometimes people who will isolate themselves in darkness rather than coming to people of light, and they remain in a state that sometimes they could come out of sooner, but they, they don't because they don't expose themselves to those that could provide help. Sometimes simply being around the body of Christ is what you need. But based on how you feel, you oftentimes will pull back and stay in a place of darkness. You can't do that. Why? Because sometimes you need something beyond yourself. (laughs) To return to darkness means that you leave light and you are plunged once again into the depths of darkness. Paul says, don't do it. Remember where you've come from, but don't return there. Remember that helps propel you forward, but don't go back. When you go back, you often go deeper. And you have to push aside the light that you left until you no longer see the light. Do you not know that when a person begins to, to actually to go back in sin, that it's often a slow process? Do, do you not know that oftentimes there is, a, there is a feeling of conviction that happens? And the more you push it aside the more you don't even see nor hear the warning signs. And before you know, you'll be thinking again, how did I get there and so far away? And you're trying to find your way to the surface again. If I can just see the light and it feels like you are just fighting through to get through some of the mire and the clay is difficult. 
remembering that now you are light always has a sobering reminder that you are this way because of who you are in. It helps us to remember. It's who you are in. Christ the Savior is who you are in. The fact that you are connected to him, that you are light. Verses 9 and 10. In fact, I want to make this note. When you look at verse 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Now, verse 9 is in parentheses in some Bibles, or maybe quotes or something. That's a parenthetical statement. In other words, it, it was not there. You, you would read verse 8, and verse 8 actually goes straight to verse 10. Verse 9 is in parentheses because that is an insertion there. So it would be actually for at one time in verse 8, you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Verse 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's how it would actually be. But they, there's a statement that is put there. Now, he says, verse number 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. All that is right and good and true. Have you ever been in a place to where the lights were so bright that you had to shield your eyes? Have you ever been driving and driving, coming straight towards the sun so that you were being blinded and you really couldn't see and you got scared because you really couldn't see the road? Sobering could be very scary. Well, you should be so bright that you blind some people. You, you should be so bright as people approach you that, that they are saying, I, I, I can't approach in this way. Something, what is it about that person? There's something that should be about you that people see such a bright light because of the fact that it is emanating from you because of who you are in. Never get to, get to the place to where you say, well, <laughs> that's just me. Just That's who I am. No. <laughs> It's because of who is in you. Please never forget that. We are to test that which is pleasing to the Lord, verse 10. To put to the test means that you try to prove that. Do what the Lord wants you to do. You might as well realize that you are a person. You might as well get this, as I mentioned earlier. You are a person that is bearing fruit. Now, I, I need to say this. We, Mel had, she loves plants. She, she likes flowers, plants. She has a backyard that is dedicated to her. I go out there just to grill. I have a small section, three grills, a small section, and I'm often turning like this just to get to my grills and, because the whole backyard is males. Thousand flowers out there and plants. If I, by chance, happen to hit one of those thousands, she knows. There is evidence she can tell. I can knock it over and, and, and pick it back up and set it right back in place. Was, was this knocked over? Did you hit my plant? I sometimes don't want to tell her. I just like to leave her in the dark sometimes. But it comes to the light when she's out there. Somehow she finds out. But I want to just keep it in the dark. I, and maybe a bird or a dog or a cat 
or something might have been back there. But but we had she she planted a a uh, she had a, a cherry tree that she got, and this year we had a lot of rain, a lot of rain, and that cherry tree had a lot of blossoms, and man we're excited that oh this cherry tree is going to produce, and lo and behold last week just this past week there was one cherry. On that tree. Look at all those blossoms. What happened? But what we decided, she said, do you want to share this cherry? First I said, no, it's the only one. Yes, let's share. So we cut that cherry. And she took, and she offered me, do you want the bigger one? I said, no, no, that's your tree. You did it. You go ahead and take it. Well, that cherry was really good. Well, she did some work. And come to find out that even though it rained a lot, the rain did not get to the soil on that cherry tree. And cherry trees require a lot of water. Unlike some other trees, just a quart, just a half cup or a quart, quarter of a cup sometimes for some plants. But cherry trees, she found, require a lot. And so even though there's a lot of rain, didn't get to it. And so all those blossoms needed the water to provide the nutrients or to provide the water to produce the fruit. Now, we, she now knows that next year, She's going to have to water the soil more because she wants it to produce fruit. Some people in their lives have a lot of water hitting their skin but repelling, just falling off. It's not getting through. It's not getting to the source, your soul. Got a lot of water hitting, get a lot of messages, have a lot of word, have a lot of things, but it's not penetrating. If you're going to be a fruit bearer and producer, the water must actually get through. It can't just hit the skin or part of you. It has to sink in. If you're going to want to know what God's will is, it says here that you need to test and prove. You need to get in the word of God. You need to make yourself available at every opportunity to learn what is pleasing with the Lord. The reason that some people have so many problems is because they're not in the Lord. When I get this, they're not in the Lord searching and and, and, and digging and making sure that they are surrounding themselves in the very things that they need to do and be. And why? Therefore, they struggle with everything else. But you need to have the word. Water your life so that you can bear fruit. It was such a promising start, that cherry tree. Oh, we were excited. Such a promising start. But lo and behold, it needed water in the soil. Plenty of rain this year, but didn't get to the soil. How is the Lord getting through to you? Is his light bright in your life because it has been producing in you? 
or is it having a hard time getting through? I'm going to be through in just a few minutes here. When you become a Christian, you must test and prove what pleases God. (laughs) When you find out information on this journey that is helpful to you, you must make sure that it pleases God. Now, Paul is not talking about sin. He's saying, test and try those things. Lord, does this please you? How can I trust you? I like testing God with certain things. Some things, though, I don't like certain tests because sometimes some tests are painful. <laughs> but in order to grow, you must trust and test. Let me get through this. Verse 11 and 12 says this. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Or it is sinful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Verse 12 is this, just like verse 8. 11 would actually go, verse 11, straight to verse number 13. It is a, a, a parenthetical verse. Parenthesis would be around it. So a, a, a 12, 11 would go, the third, would go straight to 13. Don't participate, he's saying in verse 11. Don't explore. Don't uh, but, but, but he says, don't get involved, but expose those things by the light because of Christ that's in you. One has to be very, very careful to make sure that the right things are getting through. Now, we have to remember this. There are some things that have to be covered and protected in the sense of guarding and helping people. You as a light bearer have to sometimes help people who refuse to do that which is right. You have to sometimes pull them along, pull them all by themselves. You don't have to let everybody know. Pull them by themselves and say, hey, come on, come on. We, we, we can do better. We can do better. We, we, can, we can do better. We want God to be pleased. Because remember this. You are not what you used to be. You have to keep that in mind. People say, I remember when. You can say, I remember when too. But I am not that anymore. You have to remember. There was one family years ago that our, the agencies were, were working with, and as this family was referred, it, it became very interesting that this family had a reputation in Marin County of kind of just being, being talked about by all the agencies because it was just really, really difficult. It, they were a difficult family. And I come to find out as I was assigned this family that as I began to do the work, that all of the baggage, no matter what was done, kept coming up. I said, wait a minute, they're not doing those things anymore. And so agencies were basing their decisions of help based on what had happened way in the past, and even though they had made such progress, that wasn't seen. And so it took a lot of effort from the agency to try to get past all that stuff. Because when the name came up, people drew conclusions. We had to work hard, try to say things are different. Yes, there's still difficulties, but things are different. Come to find out that I had to exclude some agencies, exclude some people because of the problems and the hindrances. There are some people in your life that you need to just exclude. Because the only thing they remember is what you used to be and what you used to do and not the fact that where you stand right now in the Lord as light. 
just say, excuse me, and tiptoe on out. You can tell people, I'm not what I used to be. Stand to your feet, please. How many of you are struggling with this matter of reliving your past and thinking that that's who you are? If you said, I've said yes to Christ, you still are, are dealing with that as if that defined you. He says, Paul says, that's what you used to be. You are now children of light. Live and walk as children of light. So today I'm urging you and encouraging you. Don't let others define you, but let the word of God define you. Today, God, we are grateful to you that you make the changes in our lives the transformation and the transforming work in us that allows the light of Christ to shine brightly through. Today we pray that we won't take people's words of what we used to be like, but we'll use it to say, yes, but this is what I am now in Christ, and that we will use it to help propel us further on in the work of God, and that we will, Lord, explore and do those things that brings glory to your name. Help us to seek out and to do those things that pleases you. We honor you today. We bless your name today. May we remember, God, the fact that we are in you. Yes, we are a new creation. The old has passed, and the new has come. May we remember that. Oh, when we get down, Lord, may we remember that we have a Savior who loves us beyond measure. We thank you right now, and we bless your name. We glory in you this very day. You get all the honor and all the praise. May we remember and always be careful to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. May the Lord bless you.